0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Hormone Helper Podcast. I'm Coach Andrew, your hormone helper from fit for all Fitness. I personally coach over 1,600 men and women to help better understand their hormones so they can lose weight and get their metabolism back on track. With this podcast, you're going to hear from me and my special guests about everything from metabolism to thyroid to weight loss. And we even talk a little bit of sexy time as we chat to spread more knowledge thick like butter on your hormones. If you're ready to learn, I'm ready to share. So let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Hormone Helper podcast. This episode is coming to you absolutely refreshed and revitalized as I recently returned from my trip to Santorini in Greece. So what a lovely and stunning place Santorini is. If you guys and gals haven't gone, you should go. It's literally filled with incredible mountain views, hillside villas, crystal clear waters, and thousands upon thousands of snow white colored homes that you can basically see for miles away across the horizon of the island. And the food. Oh man, the food. I ate absolutely everything from every restaurant. There wasn't a single one we missed. We had, uh, just a little recap, some fresh squid, recently caught sea bass from the local shore. We had orange and nectarine salad, and of course some Greek classics as well too, like lamb and chicken Slovakia. So if you can't tell that I loved it and I miss it already, then... I mean, you're, you're missing it, so because <laughs> I do miss it. But I also love Canada, too, so it's good to be back. So, you know, it's funny because it's the great food from Greece that actually inspired today's episode. Me and Lorna were over there. We were eating super fresh every day and we were just blown away with the quality of the food from the freshness of the items selected for the menu. But most importantly, the fact that everything was locally sourced from Greece and grown in the absolute most natural and organic way possible. It's typical during travel for pretty much anyone that I speak to and uh, and a lot of clients included in this, that people always tend to worry about what they're going to eat when they go go away. Um, And it's, it's easy to really be slammed with, I guess, a, bucket of digestive issues typically when you go away and truthfully having a little bit of digestive issues makes sense and some digestive change after all it's completely different food but one of the most common things I see as a coach is that people who travel to different countries or even do something as small as going out to a restaurant that they've never been to before they experience really bad digestive issues from these different foods So most people complain about excessive bloating, they get heavily constipated, followed by some uh, random diarrhea runs, and don't even get me started about the stomach cramps that make you want to grab your gut and basically curl up into a ball. I can safely say, though, that no one wants to experience a vacation like this, or even a single night out to dinner, that matter. And stomach indigestion and IBS, it's now the top three most diagnosed conditions in the world. And you know what's wild? Canada and America have the highest rates of IBS in the world. So estimated 18% versus 11% globally. However, it's thought that IBS or uh, irritable bowel syndrome, for some of you who don't know the short term, it often remains underdiagnosed. So it's typically... Or it's probably higher than 18% that's there. So, what happens then with people who experience this from the food that they eat? Well, more than 70% of those people indicate that their symptoms interfere with their everyday life, and 46% of them, the diagnosed ones, report missing work or school due to IBS. So you heard me right. People have such bad stomach issues eating food that they have to miss day's work or they've got to call in sick and they've got to stay home. So why did Greece make me think of this issue? Why was it this something that came up when I was eating the food there? Well, for starters, out of all of my friends, clients, and many of my family members, I am 99% positive that I'm one of the healthiest eaters in my sphere. That's the people around me. Me and my wife, we buy only organic meats. We never use sauces or boxed ingredients. I'm always looking at food labels to make sure that my food doesn't have chemicals. I always wash my vegetables to clean them of pesticides. And I make sure that my water doesn't come from a bottle as we tend to filter everything in our house. But even still, even with all of that, there are still days in Canada where my digestion takes like a wild ride after going to a restaurant, or me and my wife experience bloating after eating some meal with a, with a night out. So what gives, right? Healthy food shouldn't make you bloated, right? And if you're already buying organic, you, should, you shouldn't have any problems with your stomach at all. But in truth, that's not the case. So here's the issue, and it's the thing that I wanna talk about today. It's that our food quality is really poor and the pesticides that we use are becoming built up and they're getting stuck in our bodies. So you see, the food that we buy and eat in Canada and the USA, it's nowhere near what you can get in Europe or countries like Australia. So as I dug down to do some research for this episode, because I always research things to make sure that I'm that I'm not missing anything, I found out a couple of things, and some of them which made me say like, uh, "Holy crap, really!" So for starters, in the EU, which is all of Europe, Australia, and uh, Switzerland, I added to this, they have completely different laws governing what goes into their food so they can make it safe for their people to eat. So in those countries, they require by law that you provide documentation and sourcing on how each ingredient is good for you and how it can make you healthy. So whether it's a supplement that someone's buying at the store, a loaf of bread that somebody's packaged and put on a shelf or even some locally farmed vegetables, you need to send in documentation and prove that the food is actually good for you to consume. This concept is actually done the exact opposite in Canada and the States with the FDA and countries like Britain, if I can recall, as the only thing required from ingredients on food labels is whether or not they cause harm to you. So just think about that for one second. On one side, you have regulations that want to make sure that your products are good for you to eat compared to a side that says, oh, just only tell us the ingredients if it's harmful and as to what degree is it harmful. So on top of this, you have the pesticides used to keep the food from growing and free from bugs. So while I've talked about endocrine disrupting chemicals on the podcast before, pesticides operate differently with the body, and it's something that we should start taking seriously as a human race if we don't want these high level of chemicals to start continuing to build into our blood. So before I talk about this chemicals, I want to share a a recent story from a client who does quite amount of quite the amount of seasonal traveling like uh, like me and Lorna intend to do. So uh, this woman has spent many years traveling the globe prior to working with me. And every time she traveled, digestive trouble would basically show up like a shit storm out of nowhere. It was like, oh, you ate this boom like just one more digestive issue after another and on top of this, she found that as she got older as well, her weight started to creep up even though she was basically living the same lifestyle, being the same level of activity, and playing golf like she's always done so by the time that we met, she had been to Africa and Florida recently, but she basically had enough with what she feeling. And truthfully, I can't blame her. Like I'd be pissed too if I always felt bloated and wasn't comfortable when I was going out on vacations and trips. So anyways, the interesting part was that On her blood work, her body's stress level was super through the roof, and she had roughly three times the amount of the stress hormone cortisol, along with having some estrogen issues as well. And this is very, very common for people who have digested the stress. So these two hormones, estrogen and cortisol, they're the ones that affect the gut the most. That's because excess estrogen is going to attack what is inside the stomach, and excess cortisol is going to fuel high level of inflammation, which disrupts your body's ability to process nutrients. So how did she get this way? She must not have been taking care of herself and eating like garbage, right? Well, no, actually, when I was taking a look at her food, it wasn't all that bad. She had a lot of good habits and most people have a hard time picking up on clean eating and she was doing a lot of clean eating. So I'll tell you how she got this way. And it's the same way that people gain weight over time and the same way that people's stomach and digestion gets worse over time too. It's the same reason also that as you get older, your body starts to recover less. It's something called progressive toxicity and chronic inflammation. So when we consume foods that have high levels of pesticides and chemicals, what we don't realize is that these chemicals don't get fully broken down and they end up floating in our bloodstream. Now, a little bit of this is normal. You're not going to have zero chemicals in your body, which is sad to say, but that's just the reality we live in. But within the span of the average 40-year life, so the first 40 years of your life, you're going to end up with 1.1 to 1.5 pounds of chemicals floating in your blood and in your fatty tissue. So there is one particular pesticide called DDT, which tests have shown to stay up to 50 years in your bloodstream. So almost 1.5 pounds of just floating chemicals that your body can't process. So at the start, when the blood in the body is clean, when you're young, it's relatively simple to find these toxins and get rid of them quickly. And this is often why kids and teens basically can eat whatever they want and they seem freaking indestructible because when you have less of these toxins in you, you can detect them really, really quick. But as you get older, the body has a harder time flushing these toxins out. And it is trying to do other things like repair other tissues, keep organs running. So it starts to develop a hard time, right? You guys know that I like my car analogies. So I was thinking about this for a bit. So I want you to think of it like a 1991 Honda Civic. You know, the car ran well once in 1991. But if you still have the car now, it most likely leaks from every bloody hole imaginable. And when you open the hood, okay, like some of the Hauntas I've come across, it runs on hopes and dreams at this point at a car at that age. So I'm sure the gas mileage on the car is crap as well. And and if you get the picture, it's easy to say that the car has pretty much seen better days. So when your stomach and your immune system is compromised like this, putting super healthy premium octane food into your tank doesn't really fix the issue, does it? No, there's been too much damage done at this point. And this is why eating healthy for most people doesn't change their bloating, their stomach cramps, or even help with weight loss. Because at this point, your body's just trying to hold itself together like that 1991 Honda Civic. Now, let's talk about the chronic inflammation. So this is the... uh, the best word for this? The rusting process that the body has. So over time, as people consume really toxic things or put ourselves under a bucket ton of stress, we tend to do more damage than we can actually repair in one single day. So in using our little car example here, this is why cars have maintenance. You clear the crap out of the brakes, you might rotate your tires to make sure they don't wear unevenly, and you put fresh spark plugs to keep the car running healthy, along with you change its oil. So this is a car's way of getting rid of the buildup of chemicals and toxins that could potentially cause damage to your car, to you. And to do this for yourself, you have to have a healthy hormone panel to be able to do the maintenance work required and to remove all of the inflammation in your system. Now, if your hormones for any reason can't deal with the inflammation of the day, then your hormone cortisol is supposed to temporarily kick in so you can operate even though there's a little bit of inflammation there. This is like a, like a mechanic doing a temporary fix and telling you, hey, look, you can take the car, but only on short trips and then bring it right back. Like if there's a spare on here, don't go driving it on the highway. So the temporary fix in our body is is cortisol and it provides and what it's a what it's supposed to provide for isn't meant for long-term use. And that is why even high cortisol levels start to make you feel bad because you're running it when it's not running properly. So what can be done to fix this inflammation and to get rid of the toxins that's floating in your system? Well, I'll give you some insight as to what I started with my client and you can do these two things starting pretty much today to make sure that the toxins moving forward don't end up creeping back into your eating and into your bloodstream so starting number one i want you to start washing your carbs your vegetables and your fruits and you're going to wash them with vinegar and sea salt yeah good old vinegar and sea salt So you add just basically one cup of white vinegar to a bowl of hot water and just one tablespoon of of sea salt. And then you're going to allow your veggies to soak for about 15 minutes. Same thing with the other food items. And don't worry, you're not going to do this for each separate vegetable. Like this mixture that you make, you're going to use it for basically the, the same grocery trip run. So all the groceries that you get from that single trip, you're going to use that same level of water. So the way that I like to do it is I basically clean all of the food right before I put it into the fridge. And that way, anytime I need to grab a fruit or I want a veggie quick on the fly, I know that everything in my fridge is clean. So it's basically done right off to the grocery trip. And then when cooking my carbs and potatoes from my cupboard, I know that they're already clean as well. So I like to do it right after. Now, if you guys are like, how do I dry it? I mean, you can just lay it out on a kitchen table or hand dry each piece piece. So although this trick is super simple, it's incredibly effective for a couple of reasons. So firstly, it breaks down bacteria that's on the food and it prevents it from growing. So that's a plus because a ton of people have touched it during transport. So you're not going to get sick or you're not going to have a hard time with your immune system, with your immune system, having to work to fight off all these foreign antibodies. But the main benefit of this, this is the second thing for the vinegar and salt cleaning, is that it helps break down the chain of pesticides that are used to preserve food. So all of the pesticides that stay on food, it basically acts as an acid and it slowly melts and weakens the pesticide so it doesn't stick to the food. Meaning once you give it a gentle rinse afterwards, you know that your food's going to be a whole lot cleaner and better for you to digest. Okay, so basically do that salt and that vinegar rinse and then everything will come off the food. Now you're going to say, what about the stuff that they pump inside the things? No, unfortunately, there's nothing that cleans the inside of the food. So I still, of course, encourage people to buy organic or know where you're getting your food sources from. But if you're buying just vegetables or or different types of carbs from um, stores, then this is the best way and the most effective way to get off all of the pesticides. Now, the second thing, which I told my client to implement basically ASAP, a woman who travels a lot, is to start reducing inflammatory foods, which you should do too. So when a person's digestive system is super compromised, like what we've been talking about already in our examples, uh, eating foods that are really inflammatory actually hurt your chances of digesting your clean, healthy food. So we don't want that. We just wash these bloody clean vegetables after all. So there's no point in ruining the digestion. So in terms of a good place to start removing with the inflammatory foods is we have fried foods. We have refined carbs. We have sodas and especially processed meats. So these foods are genetically made. They have their own chemicals. So whenever we're doing in creating processed food that has to stay or last a long time, this is where, just like I talked about the chemicals that they insert into food, this is where they have to insert chemicals to make sure that it has a long shelf life, chemicals for taste, chemicals for texture. There's a lot of stuff that they put in there. And it is very hard for the stomach to break down naturally if the stomach is weak. So if the stomach is already in a place that it's compromised, you're gonna have a really hard time. So it's best to avoid them altogether. Now, a funny thing with these foods and kind of unrelated but important is that the majority of hunger and cravings comes from these foods I just listed because the body can't actually get enough nutrients out of them. So if the body finishes digesting something that it has no way to process energy from, so these foods are super, super chemical based in the body attacks it instead of digestion. What ends up happening is, is, if you don't get the energy you need, the body has to start the digestion up again. And that's why the hunger comes back. So when you eat junk food and the hunger returns, or when you need something sugary, and then you get the other craving that comes an hour or two later, it's because you actually didn't get enough energy from what you were eating. And that's the the change, which is there. So the best part about cutting these foods out is you're going to feel fuller for longer and your energy level and your thyroid is going to thank you because it's not going to have to focus on healing your gut all the time. So at the end of the day, removing inflammatory foods is about giving your stomach the best chance that it can have at improving and healing itself. That's what you're looking at to do with that. So if you can continue to improve your gut's chances of being able to break stuff down, then essentially that makes it easier for you to be able to put in. So that's a huge one, okay? Now, another aspect of this as well, which temporarily will be effective for the stomach, is if you implement, and this is a part of removing the inflammatory foods, is if you implement a probiotic. So uh, Clean Basic, company Clean Basics has a very fantastic probiotic and we work with them all the time. Um, I I like to use them with our clients because the stuff's super, super clean. Um, If you cannot, if your stomach is in a really bad place where like it can't even tolerate like things like fiber or apples and some people bloat with stuff like that, then a digestive enzyme is probably a good place to start. Now, again, everyone is different, right? So this is conditional upon your, your needs, your medication, other stuff like that. But that's also a a good idea as well, too. And I'll, uh, I'll make sure to drop a a link for the digestive enzyme. uh, If you guys are curious to check it out. Now, one more thing that you can do. One more thing, which is also what my client did is you can join our Vantage coaching program to get custom support. Duh. <laughs> you knew that I was going to go here, right? I'm just kidding. But uh, in all seriousness, like I know that nutrition can be super frustrating on your own. And I know what it's like going back and forth between million, reading a million recipes and checking out the a tracker like MyFitnessPal. Nutrition is super overwhelming and you can never seem to work out nutrition numbers right by yourself. So, best part about the program is essentially you're not even going to have to be on a diet because we work on a flexible nutrition approach so we create a nutrition plan built around your lifestyle your hormone panel and then we also build it around your body type as well too so i'll drop a link to the program in the uh, in the show notes but for more info on it you can check out our website at number 4 allfitnesscom so that's fit number four all fitness dot com and just click on the program section so ultimately Support is huge because it gives you a really high level of accountability. But the most important thing is, is nutrition is going to change depending on how someone's stomach is, depending on how someone's hormones are, depending on medication, depending on any IBS symptoms. So with that, when we're building out these plans, it's really making sure that all these issues are put on the, the front burner. You're looking at everything and then you've got a game plan for you. So, uh all of our programs by the way, not just our Vantage coaching program, all of our programs have custom nutrition processes for them, and that's because for me personally, people cannot be on the same plan. It just doesn't work. I don't know how many times people go onto bodybuilding.com or they're checking like a webmd and they're looking at these generic plans and it'll actually end up hurting your hormones than helping you. So, I know I'm sure many of you guys and gals have done that before. It just doesn't work. So everything is completely custom for us. And that is a good option if you're just in that place where you're really overwhelmed and you're like, I just want my action steps. I want to apply the plan and I want to learn actually how to start eating right for my body type. So that is everything. So if you're looking for support, take the initiative and get your butt rolling. Go on to our website. Um, As for this episode, however, I am all finished up. So thank you for listening on all of the inflammation. And hopefully you can start to wash your vegetables and remove those inflammatory foods. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening, fam. Well, it seems I'm all out of info juice for today. That's all for this episode. And thank you so much for listening. Please leave a raving review for me if you've learned something good and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, if you're in the mood for some more great content and tools to get your hormones on track, why not check out our free Facebook group and the blog on our site? We do amazing weekly trainings in our group that me and my wife call Tea and Teachings that give good tips for anything hormones and metabolism related. It's also a great community where you get to share your goals and success with like-minded people just like you. I'll make sure to drop both the Facebook group link and the blog link in the show notes for you. Or if you're ambitious like me, the name of the group is Weight Loss and Balanced Hormones. Uh, It'll say Fit For All beside it with a picture of me. So come and join us and have more fun.